you know, Hitler said, kill the Jews and you, you have to do it for humanity. It, it, it says it in Mein Kampf. When I defend myself against the Jews, I'm doing the work of the Lord. Well, that, that's the Palestinian message too. Um, Hitler also said, if, if I don't defeat the Jews, it'll be the funeral wreath for all humanity. Again, those are the same words that the Palestinians say, I'm doing it for humanity. My guest today is Itamar Marcus. Itamar is the founder and director of Palestinian Media Watch. He is one of the world's foremost experts on the Palestinian Authority. PMW is a nonprofit Israeli research institute known internationally for its in-depth research of Palestinian society from a broad range of perspectives. PMW's findings are sought after by governments, legislators, media outlets, and decision makers worldwide and have played a central role in correcting inaccurate narratives about the Israel-Palestinian conflict. I recently sat down with Itamar and he shared with me, in their own words, the message of the Palestinian Authority, what they're telling their people about Israel, Jews, and the United States. What you will hear will definitely shock you. Okay, Itamar Marcus, thanks so much for being on the show. I've, uh, I really look forward to this for the last couple of weeks since we spoke. Great, great to be here, Charles. Last time we met was about, I think it was close to 20 some odd years ago. And I think it was just you and a new organization that you founded. I think you founded it just a few years earlier. And I think you had uh, one translator or something at the time. It could be, it could be. Uh, today we've grown, we have uh, 11 translators, a uh, number more staff, uh, researchers, writers, uh, we've got close to 20 people. And uh, literally Palestinian Media Watch is known uh, throughout all the parliaments of Europe, Congress, uh, et cetera. Why did you start Palestinian Media Watch? What motivated you back in 96 to start something? Was this being handled by anyone else? Or this was just a new idea that you had to basically monitor what the Palestinian Authority was saying directly? This, the, the Oslo Accords was a, a completely different approach to the Palestinian Authority. They had been, the PLO had been a recognized terror organization. Um, and wanted to know what's going on here. Uh, you know, has there been a real change in the Palestinian Authority? What they tell Israelis doesn't mean anything. What they tell the international community doesn't mean anything. We wanted to know what they were telling to their own people, what they were saying amongst themselves. We wanted to know activities. We wanted to know school books. We wanted to know everything we could about the Palestinian Authority internal world. So you went ahead, you hired, I think I remember you told me at the time it was ex-IDF, uh, ex-Israeli army translators to listen in to everything from TV, radio, read newspapers and such. Exactly. And today we not only do radio, TV and newspapers, we're, we also do their Facebook pages, their Twitter, and we'll do the Facebook pages of all the leaders and the Twitter accounts of all the leaders so that whatever messages the Palestinian Authority top leadership, the top military and political leadership is giving to their people we know about, and we put them together, and then we have a very good picture of what the Palestinian Authority really is, who they are, uh, what their goals are, uh, and also where the lies are, where they're saying one thing to the international community and they're saying something completely different to their own people. So basically, the when you first got into this close to, I don't know, 20 some odd years ago, 20 plus years ago, you were seeing uh, two different voices come out. One, what the Palestinian leadership was saying to their people, and two, what they were saying to the rest of the world. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> 
and that has continued until today. Um, today, the, the international community still believes that the Palestinian Authority uh, wants a two-state solution beside Israel. Uh, there's absolutely no reason to believe that that's what the Palestinian Authority really means, really wants. And uh, I can give you one quote from a person named Tafik Tarawi. He's, he's one of the member of the Fatah Central Committee. Fatah is the so-called moderate party of Mahmoud Abbas, who runs the PA. Uh, and, and he worded it this way, um, our, our Palestinian land is from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. And then he added, I dare any Palestinian, any senior Palestinian official or any leader to reduce the Palestinian map to the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. He would not be able to walk one meter in the streets of our Palestinian cities. Uh, he then goes on to say that it's not just a nationalistic Palestinian goal to remove Israel and replace it with uh, an Arab state. Um, but he says it's also a religious goal. He says that all of Israel is Islamic waqf. Islamic waqf is land that according to Islam or any property, which is not allowed to remain in the hand of the infidels under the laws of Islam. And then he, this is a political leader, uh, and he says that, that, that all of Palestine is waqf, meaning if a Palestinian leader were to accept Israel's existence long-term, they would be in violation of Islam. So what he's done, and this is a consistent message. We've heard this dozens of times from Palestinian Authority top leaders. We've heard this from Mahmoud Abbas's advisor uh, on Islam, uh, Mahmoud al-Habash. We've heard it from the, the Mufti. They say that it's a religious war, that Islam doesn't allow for Israel's existence. So you have these two separate parallel but equally important uh, messages coming from the PA to its people. On the one hand, Israel can't exist because all the land is Palestine, belongs to Palestinian. On the other hand, Israel is not allowed to exist because all the land is Islamic. And here what it means is even is far, far worse because if Palestinians wanted to compromise on the nationalistic front, there is a possibility, but no Palestinian will ever compromise on the Islamic front because they're a very, very religious society which means that any agreement by definition between Israel and the Palestinians is tactical and temporary. How are you getting all this information? You're reading, because uh, what they, what we see, for example, in the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal of what they're telling the world is totally different from the messages you're getting. Where are you getting this information from? We're getting it from the horse's mouth, literally. We, uh, when I tell you Mahmoud al-Abbas, he's Mahmoud Abbas's advisor on Islam. He was appointed by Abbas to be the top religious figure. We hear virtually everything this man says. We watch him on TV. We get it from his Facebook page. We get it from his Twitter account. We know what his opinions are. We know what Abbas's top religious figure said. And here, I'm talking here now about um, denying Israel the right to exist. Uh, this same person, Mahmoud al-Abbas, uh, on television not so long ago, actually denied Israelis individually the right to exist, the right to live. He was on TV and he, and he starts quoting from the Quran and he says, the Quran says, kill them. And then he says, in what case do you kill them? If they're, if they're Allah's enemies, uh, if they're transgressing Allah's will. And then he says, who transgresses Allah's will? People who try to take your land, your property, your honor. He lists 10 things, all of which he and the PA accuses Israel of doing, of taking their land, of their property, etc. And he says, this is a capital crime. And then he even goes worse. He ends with a, with a source from the Quran 
which in the Quran doesn't apply to Jews, but he's applying it to Israel. And he says, kill them wherever you find them. So basically the top religious figure appointed by Abbas comes on TV and says, wherever you find an Israeli, you have a right to kill them because they live in Palestine and they're disgracing your honor, et cetera, et cetera. So you're saying you're watching them on TV. This, I just want to be clear, this is Palestinian TV. This has nothing to do with Israeli TV. Uh, the proximity, you're just a few miles away from the Palestinian territory. So you're getting the feeds, you're getting, you're watching and hearing everything that they're producing. Exactly. We're, we're watching this uh, on official Palestinian TV, by the way, is owned and controlled by the Palestinian Authority. The head of Palestinian television was appointed by Mahmoud Abbas. Uh, the, the official newspapers, the heads of them were appointed by Abbas. Uh, we're not thinking, you know, sometimes Americans might think of, uh, you know, media as, as some kind of competition and, and free. Um, this, there's no such thing in the Palestinian Authority. If, if someone uh, in journalism uh, says something or does something against the the government, he won't have his position the next day, and he might even end himself find himself in in prison, uh, being tortured. So uh, th there was in fact a a Palestinian human rights um, uh, a a figure who wrote, who published a report a number of years ago, which he called "Between the Anvil of the," and he was it, it was a report that he did on on Palestinian media. And he called it between the anvil of the Palestinian Authority and the hammer of self-censorship. Uh, and his point was either you get the hammer, either you give in to the Palestinian Authority, or you're going to do self-censorship, but you're not going to be criticizing the Palestinian Authority. Right. So if we see something that you put out directly from, and, you, and I saw your site, uh, Palestinian, uh, uh, P-A-L-W-A-T-C-H.org, great site. Uh, you actually have the videos, the the quotes, everything translated from what the Palestinians are saying. So you're telling me here, well, it's a totalitarian state, right? So there's anything that we're reading, anything that we're seeing is not there uh, to be true and free press. It's basically an organ of the state. It's exactly an organ of the state, and every year they have they have celebrations where all the different media outlets, the newspapers, the the the, the news agency Wafa, the television, uh, they all uh, get together, and Abbas speaks to them often, and he tells them how, what a wonderful job they're doing in the United Campaign. Uh, you are also fighting this this battle. They're all seen as fighting the the same battle. In addition, not only do we take the media in general, but we also we focus, we focus on the actual leadership. We we focus, you'll find on our website, hundreds of quotes from Mahmoud Abbas that you will have never heard. Here, we just fought a war against Hamas. Uh, against Hamas. Well, a few years ago, Abbas was on TV and he wanted unity. He wanted Hamas to unite with him. You know, they had been split. They still are split between the Gaza Strip and the West Bank. So he says, why, he turns to, to Hamas on TV. He says, why aren't, why aren't you uniting with us? On belief, we agree. On tactics, we agree. On strategy, we agree. So why are you, why aren't you uniting with us? Uh, and and that's really the case. That's really the case. They have the differences of opinion when it comes to nuances about religion, about religious practice, and how much religion is going to control the state. Uh, but when it comes to Israel, they both agree. Uh, the big difference being that Hamas is willing to say openly and scream it to the world we will never accept Israel's existence, and the Palestinian Authority 
says it amongst themselves. You know, I recall reading somewhere where you were responsible, your organization was responsible, that when Mahmoud Abbas came to visit President Trump uh, when he was in went office, uh, he said that there was no more uh, slay for pay, meaning terrorists weren't getting any money for killing uh, Israelis. Uh, the textbooks were all reformed. And I think you prepared a dossier showing that to be total lies. We're constantly uh, uncovering the Palestinian Authority lies to their to their people. Uh, the Palestinian Authority, we first exposed the whole problem of Palestinian paying salaries to the terror to their uh, terrorists who were in prison. Nobody knew this. Um, we found an article about it. We researched it. We found Palestinian Authority le uh, legislation, and it's in law. In law, a, a Palestinian who goes to jail for any crime connected to Israelis that is a nationalistic crime. Meaning, if you steal a car, you don't get rewarded. But if you shoot and kill an Israeli, you get rewarded. If you steal a car and you go to jail, that's it. You're stuck in jail. But if you kill an Israeli, not for profit, and go to jail, you immediately start getting a Palestinian Authority salary. The longer you're in jail, the higher your salary goes. If you're in jail long enough, it eventually will reach to 12,000 shekel. 12,000 shekel, that's over close to $4,000. Uh, which is about four times the average Palestinian salary, four times. So this is this is uh, actually a, a gold mine. Going to Israeli jail for, for a terror offense is actually a gold mine uh, for Palestinians. Uh, and they all know this, and it's mentioned, mentioned regularly. Then the, what did the PA do? The PA decided, and then we brought this to parliament around the world. We brought this to Congress. Uh, everybody was condemning the Palestinians, threatening to cut off all funding, the foreign governments. So what did they do? They said, okay, we're closing the Ministry of Prisoners. And they told the international community that the money's not coming from the PA anymore, it's coming from the PLO. And they created a PLO Commission of Prisoners. What did we do? We, we, we went through their budget reports and we found that the entire budget of the PLO went up that year, the exact amount, about $350 million, the exact amount that they paid the year before to the Ministry of Prisoner Affairs in the PA. And then we created this report. We we, we called it um, the, the, the um, Palestinian Authority was essentially delete, de, de, uh, um, uh, diluting the international community to the tune of a billion dollars a year because they were getting a billion dollars of aid based on this lie. Uh, and of course, everybody in the world accepted our report and the, and, and the pressure has continued. Four countries, by the way, cut off funding completely to the PA because of this and other reports that we did, and also directly because of lectures that I gave to members of parliament. We're talking about uh, Canada a number of years ago, Netherlands uh, about three years ago, uh, literally two weeks after I spoke there in parliament, um, the parliament voted 96 to 54 to cut out all funding to the PA. Uh, and then uh, similar Australia, Australian MPs were in my office, heard a lecture about this, and then they got back to Australia and immediately cut off funding there as well. Uh, and the United States under Trump cut off funding because of this. So four countries have cut off completely. Most of the Western countries, the EU, most of the European countries now refuse to give money directly to the PA and they only give money for projects or for specific divisions in the PA. Everyone knows at this point that the PA is funding terror. 
tragically, they don't understand that if they give the money for, for the teachers, that leaves the money, the rest of the money for the PA to, to, uh, to promote terror. And that's, of course, fungibility. And that, of course, is outrageous. It's outrageous that these, these Europeans uh, are blinding themselves uh, to believe that, okay, we're really not funding terror because we're only giving it to, uh, you know, it's, it's like saying, okay, we're you know, giving money to the Nazis in World War II and say, okay, we're not really funding their war machine. We're, we're only funding, I don't know, we're funding their schools. I mean, that's, that's the absurdity of what's going on here. And also, I just want to point out the, the Palestinian, the PLO, Palestinians are, are responsible for killing Americans as well. That is absolutely the case. Many Americans have been killed. Uh, one of the things which is, um, uh, for example, there's a Palestinian female terrorist named Ahlam Tamimi, who is uh, living now. She, she, she was responsible for the bomb at a pizza shop, Sparrow Pizza Shop in Jerusalem. She was caught by Israel, arrested by Israel. Um, she said she chose the spot because she saw the large number of people and families there. We, we have an interview with her. Again, all the tragic interviews that we have, she was interviewed and she was asked, you know, how many people you killed, how many children you killed amongst the 15 people you killed? And she said uh, she didn't know. And then the interviewer said, you killed seven children. And she gets this big smile on her face. And she repeats seven with a big smile and she turns her face. Uh, this is Ahlam Tamimi. She was in an Israeli jail uh, serving 15 life sentences. And unfortunately, in the Gilad Shalit, Gilad Shalit was an Israeli soldier who was was kidnapped, and Israel released over a thousand terrorists to get Gilad Shalit free uh, from Hamas. And one of those terrorists was Aflam Tamimi. Well, she now is living in Jordan. She's having a great life. She's married, um, and uh, the United States. And now, because some of the citizens, some of the people who were killed were uh, American citizens, the United States has asked Jordan to extradite. And Jordan refuses. Now, this is an outrage. They, there's an extradition treaty. Uh, there is no reason that Jordan gets aid from the United States. Why is the United States allowing this uh, to pass? Why is the United States saying, okay, Jordan, we've asked you. You don't do it. No big deal. This is a mass murderer. Uh, every single interview she's given since she's been released from jail, she's she's never expressed remorse. She has justified it. She, she has celebrated it. This is an evil woman who should be serving life in prison in the United States. Uh, and she's free in Jordan, and the uh, United States is not doing anything about it. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. You hear that? That's what turkeys sound like. You know what else sounds like turkeys? This. Hey, there's a lot of value there. How do you see that? Yeah, you really have to break it up into the sections of healthcare. Not surprising when the 21st annual trust barometer published by Edelman Research shows that more Americans distrust institutions like the media, government, and business than ever before. That's why podcasts like the Charles Mizrahi Show have taken off like a moonshot. Because, as Edelman reports, people are craving facts. Real facts. Not the whitewashed mumbo-jumbo cooked up by the financial media. So if you want straight-up facts on where the real money is made in stocks, and you want it served up in a way that's fun, simple to follow, and profitable, stop listening to the turkeys and listen to America's number one alpha investor, Charles Mizrahi, and how he helped an American patriot you know well make more money in two weeks than most investors make in two years. For more details, go to investingpatriots.com. That's investingpatriots, all one word, dot com. I guarantee you'll be glad you did. 
So uh, have you seen in, in all of your monitoring uh, any type of um, tapering off of this rhetoric, of this hatred towards Israel, towards Jews, and maybe there could be some type of coexistence, or are they still going full blast? The, the PA, because it's all controlled, it comes in waves. Uh, in the last few years, it has been incredibly high um, during the Trump administration, but even, even now under the Biden administration, we, we get, I mentioned before, uh, Tafik Tarawi, uh, who, who I mentioned, he's the one who said that Palestine will be from the river to the sea. Um, well, he was on his own Facebook page, and, and this week—I'm sorry—in the official Fatah Facebook page or his Facebook page, my 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 staff just found this today. We're going to release this to the press tomorrow. Um, what did he find? They found a picture of him kissing a bloody shirt. Now that he posted of himself. Now who who's what's the bloody shirt? The bloody shirt is a terrorist who tried to murder Israelis just a few weeks ago and was killed and was shot by the Israeli soldiers and was killed. So when his body was returned to the PA. This guy, Tafik Tarawi, senior Palestinian official, goes and he kisses the blood of this uh, of this terrorist. This is um, this is what's happening at this time: intense hatred of Israel, intense glorification of terror. By the way, we work with Palestinians. Uh, a lot of Palestinians are disgusted, disgusted with their leadership. We've been working with uh, with more and more of them, and they, in particular are disgusted with the messages that the Palestinian Authority gives to their own children. Uh, children are never, ever given a free chance to, to grow up next to Israel as, as good neighbors. They, they are brought up with, with lies and deception. They believe, they believe that every Israeli is trying to kill them. The, the Palestinian, one Palestinian who I'm friendly with, who, who's met with me together with members of parliament, who've been in Israel and will travel with me to, right after COVID, he's gonna be traveling with me to parliaments. He has described how he was sure as, as a young man, a teenager, and even as a young adult, he was convinced that every Israeli was out to kill Palestinians because of the education. Uh, and, and when an Israeli actually approached him uh, and, and wanted to meet, approached by Facebook, he was afraid. He said, here it is. This is proof. He's going to trap me and he's going to kill me. In the end, they met in some neutral place and he started meeting Israelis. He started going to peace meetings with Israelis. And, and, he, and then he had his wow moment and he realized that his whole life had been a lie. And now he's working for this to change. Palestinian children are not just taught to hate and to kill. Palestinian children are, are brainwashed literally um, to, to also uh, seek their own death. It's called Shahada, which means martyrdom in, uh, in translation to English. And martyrdom, we, we've seen dozens and dozens of times, children on Palestinian TV, um, on children's programs, talking about the glories of martyrdom, how they want to be martyrs. Uh, one of the worst examples we saw was a little over a year ago, uh, this was Fatah put this on their Facebook page. Again, Fatah is the party of Mahmoud Abbas, the main party, the so-called moderate party. Uh, and in, in on, their, on this was a little video of a young little girl, and she's telling a story of a mother and the son. Well, the boy didn't finish his dinner, and the mother said, I'll give you a present if you finish your dinner. So he rushes and finishes dinner, and then his mother brings him a present, and then she hands him a rifle. And he says, why are you giving me a rifle? And I'm going to quote to you what the mother's answer is. My son 
We were not created for happiness. In my eyes, you are meant for martyrdom. Our weapon is Islam and our ammunition is our children. You are meant for martyrdom. Now, Fatah saw this video. They thought this was such a great video. They put this on their Facebook page. There could be no greater child abuse than, than telling a child that you are ammunition for Islam or for anything else. You have no value in life, no purpose in life, um, but other than to be ammunition. And that's what Fatah, the main so-called moderate party, that's what they thought was important to tell their children. And they put it on their Facebook page. So, so Itamar, here's what I'm just not getting, man. Members of Congress are not stupid people. They have access to all the information that you're talking about through your organization. If not, they can go directly to the Palestinians and monitor themselves. Uh, the airwaves are free. They aren't, by the way. They aren't. They aren't. When you confront them with this information and say, look, this is the people that you're telling uh, the Israelis that are moderate, these are the people that you're protesting for in the streets of New York, L.A., Brussels, London, Berlin, with chants of from the river to the sea. This is what they're talking about. It's all a front. There's no peace here. There's no coexistence. There is just death and destruction. What do they say? Um, they accept it. And the, the reason why, the reason that they're already... Uh, four countries, like I said, who stopped funding the PA and all the others don't give them the money directly is because of the work that we've done. Um, when I go into Congress, I don't come, um, I don't come representing the right wing, the left wing. I don't come only to speak to Republicans or only Democrats. Uh, I've been invited to the Foreign Affairs Committee when the chairman was Bob Berman, who was a Democrat. I've been invited to the Foreign Affairs Committee when it was chaired by Eliana Ross Leitinen. Uh, and I've been in other committees. Um, and when people hear this and, and when people see it, see, we let them speak for them. I let the Palestinians speak for themselves when I come to Congress. I come with my, with my PowerPoint, they come with a presentation, they hear, they see. And I show that the same message is coming from school books, the same message is coming from the leadership. It's coming from everywhere in society. And when they see this, they get the message. The, the problem is, is that the, the United States keeps hoping. They say, okay, this is what it's been up till now. Let's speak to them. Let's just tell them. And then Abbas, of course, Mahmoud Abbas, the head of the PA, will lie to them. And he'll say, oh, yes, it's terrible. It's terrible. I'm trying to stop it. Uh, I, I wish I could stop the incitement. You know, by the way, uh, by the way, just I'm sorry to interrupt. I remember when he came to the White House for the first, I think, and only time under the Trump administration, he actually said there is no pay for slay and our textbooks do not have any of this uh, incitement against Jews and Israelis. A blatant lie where at the time, I think, uh, from what I heard from a contact of mine, that you supplied uh, Jared Kushner, the president, the president's uh, son-in-law, with a whole reproduction of what the book is, the textbooks and articles and exactly was that. Is that true? Well, when it was, he, uh, Trump met Abbas twice. The first time he met him, we, of course, and, and everybody did, they watched the press conference afterward. And uh, Trump spoke positively about Abbas. Abbas spoke about how careful they are and how anxious they are to teach their children about peace and a culture of peace and peace, 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 peace. Uh, when we heard this, we were outraged. And what we did is we, we created a, a video. And the video opens with Abbas saying, we teach our children this culture of peace. 
Uh, we then put in example after example of children being taught to hate, being taught to kill, being taught to be martyrs over and over again. Enough examples. And then we, we, we publicized this. We gave this to people in the United States government. We gave it to people uh, connected to, to the administration directly. We gave it to the Israeli government as well. And then the next time that they met, uh, it was again, it was meetings with Netanyahu first and then with Netanyahu, actually, from what we were told by people, uh, what was actually said on the Israeli news, uh, he actually showed the videos to Trump. Trump saw these videos with his own eyes. And then when he had the meeting later on with Abbas, the report said that he was yelling at him, lying to him. How did you lie to me? How did you say you're devoting peace? I've seen what you're teaching your people. It's not peace. And the the, the, the relationship never recovered. Um, give, you, you can say anything you want about Trump, and I don't want to get, and, and like I said, we work with Republicans and Democrats. What Trump did is he believed what Abbas, what was on TV. Abbas had no explanation for it, and he remembered it. He didn't accept any story. Okay, I, I couldn't, I, I didn't mean to, I didn't want to, it's not going to happen again. Um, and, and then what did Abbas? Then what happened was he started a whole different plan. You know, these people do not want peace. Let's make let's let's create a peace between Israel and the other Arab countries. And that's where eventually, which led to the Abraham Accords, it, it came out of this realization that the Palestinian Authority is a fraud. Palestinian Authority, and that was a, a very good a good recognition. We've been saying they're fraud for many many years. Uh, many American leaders understand that they're a fraud. Uh, I'm talking about Trump, but I'll just tell you that I had a press conference when Hillary Clinton was a senator. I had a press conference with her. We did a report on Palestinian school books, and I sent her all the material that was in the report. I sent her the entire report. Her staff then called me back and forth for literally for a number of days to ask questions, and then she was convinced, and then she had a press conference with me in the Senate, which she introduced me. I presented the full report. Uh, findings, and then she spoke at the end, and at the end, her words were, the Palestinian Authority isn't giving its children an education, they're giving them an indoctrination. Uh, together with the TV, it profoundly poisons the minds of these children. Hillary Clinton got it as well. Uh, the Palestinian Authority was poisoning the minds of the children. That's child abuse. So, uh, and in fact, uh, Hillary Clinton appeared with me at a hearing in the uh, Appropriations Committee, in the Education Division of the Appropriations Committee, where I spoke as well. And there she actually called it child abuse uh, after I made my presentation there. Uh, the, the chairman of the committee uh, actually went farther. He said, it's not just child abuse, it's civilization abuse, because these children are going to end up being suicide bombers, um, murdering other people all around civilization. So when, the, when they see it, they get it. Uh, unfortunately, everybody is too has been too trusting of Mahmoud Abbas. Every time he says, "Okay, I'll, I'll do better. I, I really didn't want this to happen. They're doing it without me knowing it." It's all lies. It's all lies because we have the same things coming from his advisors and him and people he's appointed. Uh, Anti-Semitism. There's this myth that the Palestinian Authority hatred of Israel is uh, based on land and is about land. It's also vicious anti-Semitism. Um, there's a person who Palestinian Authority TV uh, had on TV every single week for a number of years giving uh, lessons on Islam. He was poisoning the atmosphere, talking about evil of Jews over and over and over again. Uh, one of the times he, he said the following, uh, an old man once told me 
if a fish in the sea fights another fish, I'm sure the Jews are behind. So, and, and then what happened the next year? This guy was appointed by Abbas. He meets him in his office. They had the pictures there. <coughs> he meets Abbas in his office, and Abbas appoints him to be head of an entire educational program, the Al-Aqsa school system in Gaza. So you've got a guy who's saying that every problem in the world is because of the Jews, and now he's running an educational program. Part of that same lesson, he said, um, humanity will never be able to live in peace with them uh, because of this. So um, when, when humanity can't live in peace with the Jews, uh, and everything in the world that happens that's bad is because of the Jews, if you kill a Jew, you're actually doing a service to humanity. And this is the message that comes across from the PA, which is why they then have to celebrate terror, celebrate the murderers, name schools, sporting events, streets after the murderers, and pay the murderers because they've been telling them all along that by killing a Jew, you're not only doing a service to Palestinians, you're also doing a service to humanity. So this recent spat of anti-Semitism that we're seeing sweeping the world, I, I can't speak for the world now, I'm just going to speak to the United States. We're in New York City, Times Square, uh, Jews are being beat up by uh, people chanting from the river to the sea and carrying Palestinian flags uh, in L.A. and in other parts of the United States. Uh, there's no difference in the Palestinian eyes between anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. It's more, more or less the same. You hate Jews, Israelis, they're interchangeable. Is that more or less right? Yes, amongst the Palestinian Authority world, that is absolutely true. Uh, I'll even go beyond that. They, I, I pointed out before that they're trying to get religious Islamic justification for, for attacks on Israel. Palestinians, I would say, the, the, the concept of Palestinianism, the, the, the identity of Palestinianism, of course, is relatively new. It was started with the PLO in 1965. That was the first time anyone said Palestinians were a people. However, Islam has very deep roots. So the Palestinian Authority leadership, in order to promote hatred of, of, of Israel, does a lot, of, a lot of promoting of hatred of Jews because uh, and, and, and quoting Islamic sources. For example, when they want to convince Muslims that they have to kill Jews, they make quotes like I told you before, uh, kill them wherever you find them. That was Mahmoud al-Abash, the advisor. Uh, we've heard numerous times on Palestinian Authority television where Palestinian Authority religious leaders will quote from a particular hadith. A hadith is uh, Islamic tradition attributed to Muhammad. It's part of Islamic Sharia. It's part of Islamic law. And this hadith says the following. The hour of resurrection, meaning the end of time, won't come until Muslims fight the Jews and kill them. Jews will hide behind rocks and trees, which will say, Muslim, servant of Allah, does a Jew behind me come and kill him? So this is talking about extermination of Jews, genocide. And we have heard this numerous times on Palestinian television. In fact, the last time we heard it, the, the religious figure ended with the, uh, with the prayer and he said, Allah, he said, Allah, count them one by one. Don't leave even one. So this is official Palestinian Authority TV where nothing happens that goes against the PA. He called for genocide, extermination of every single Jew in the world. Now, again, why are they doing this in the name of Islam? Because if, if Allah and Muhammad want you to do this, 
then you have to do this. If, Muhammad, if Mahmoud Abbas wants you to kill Jews, you could think about it and decide if you want to do it. But if, if, but if Islam is telling you, if Muhammad, if Allah, that's what they want from you, well, then you better do it because you don't want to burn in hell for, you know, forever and ever for not following Islam. Mm. So when you see in the United States, the left and many, many Democrats supporting the Palestinians, especially during this uh, last conflict with Israel, where Hamas sent 4,300 rockets to kill Israelis, uh, civilian and population centers, missiles that were just going off by the hundreds in order to kill as many um, um, Israelis as possible. You see the Democrats and the, and the left out in the forefront for the Palestinians. I saw something which was absolutely outrageous, Queers for Palestine. Could you speak just for a second what the Palestinian Authority uh, in the Palestinian territories and in Gaza, what they think of homosexuality? Well, it's uh, it's absolutely uh, prohibited. Um, in fact, uh, one of the uh, the dream of, of every uh, of every homosexual Palestinian is to be able to get residency in Israel. And there was um, an interview on on Israeli TV not so long ago with with one such Palestinian who is now living in Israel. Uh, he was uh, essentially uh, his family turned on him. The the leader, the government uh, threatening him. He wasn't allowed to, of course, do anything public, but even privately, it was dangerous. So he uh, he 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 managed to get across to Israel and asked essentially from the authorities to essentially save his life and not force him to go back. And now he lives in Israel. Um, so there is a Palestinian. Uh, movement or, or I say organization supporting Palestinians uh, who who are gay, but it's based, of course, in Israel, and those uh, and, and the public figures are all in Israel because to do to do it in the Palestinian Authority uh, is a crime that would you know you could end up uh, being punished very very severely, either by the letter of the law, which is probably not a letter of the law, but just by legal officials anyway who who don't really care about you know what's actually in the law, but will will go after you. So you have the progressives, you have the left, you have the Democrats who are out of the forefront of every type of prejudice, uh, gay rights, uh, gender, so on and so forth. And here, right in front, there is a, it's, it's illegal to be gay in the Palestinian territories and to be Gaza. The, the punishment is enormous. I saw one that had a, a penal code, I think, in Gaza was up to 10 years in prison. I think something to that effect. I don't know if that was the case. And then all of a sudden, uh, women, not all of a sudden, women also, how were they treated uh, that this is what the left is supporting the Palestinians and the Hamas? How, is the, how, is, how are women treated in the, in the Palestinian territories and, uh, and in Gaza? Well, uh, just to give you an example, the, the, the Palestinian Authority, which is supposed to be more moderate, uh, we have had numerous examples of, of, of women's groups um, um, condemning the Palestinian Authority, the the penal code, for example, uh, does not does not protect them um, uh, under the old laws, which I think may have been changed, or, or Abbas talked about changing, which were based on Jordanian laws. Um, the 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 old laws actually gave the the husband the rights to to uh, hit his wife, to beat his wife. I just have to point out that it is such a bad situation there that on International Women's Day a few years ago, the Palestinian Authority had a program where the the interviewer was, the host was a woman, and she was interviewing um, 
um, Mohammed Hussein, who is the Mufti of the Palestinian Authority. Um, and he, she was asking him about women's rights and about beating women. And, you know, and he said, oh, I have to clarify this because people don't understand, don't understand this. And then he started saying what the rules are. He says, well, if the, if the wife is not listening properly, uh, you have to do three things first uh, before you can hit her. First thing you have to do is, is censure her, tell her she's wrong and, and hopefully she'll listen. If she doesn't listen then, then you force her to sleep in a room alone. You, you don't have relations with her. Now, this is significant because the husband could have up to four wives. So if you're saying she's alone, so you're busy, he's busy there, but the other wives are really ostracizing her from the family. She, and if she still doesn't listen, only then are you allowed to hit her. So he's telling that, and this was this was seen as progressive Palestinianism, telling her you do this first and only then can you hit her. And then he says, you don't hit her hard. Uh, the hitting, sometimes if you raise your hand, she will realize that she did the wrong thing and she'll learn and you won't even have to hit her. And when you hit her, you shouldn't hit her hard. Uh, another religious figure on TV said, uh, when you hit her, uh, Islam doesn't want you to hit her so hard that she's gonna get a scar. Uh, so, and this is considered moderate. So the place of women in Palestinian society is very, very difficult. Uh, Israeli women's organizations are trying to help out and they do, they're in touch with them. They're, they're helping them set up uh, and helping them understand how, how far they can go um, and what their rights should be. But within Palestinian society, it's, um, it's, it's incredibly problematic. In fact, the, the Mufti, I think it was a year ago, went on TV um, and he said, uh, he, he told people, he told women, women, some women in Jerusalem had gone to the Israeli police and complained because their husbands were beating them. Because in Jerusalem, of course, Israeli law, uh, all of Jerusalem is under Israel, Israel's capital. So a, a, an Arab woman was beaten by her husband. She went to Israeli police. And uh, he then issued a statement prohibiting, prohibiting under Islamic law to go to the Israeli police you have to resolve it locally. You have to resolve it in the family. Don't go to Israeli police. Well, of course, they could be killed before the Israeli, you know, you know. But no, don't go to the Israeli police. So basically, he was saying was, you should allow yourself to be beaten and killed, uh, but don't go to the Israeli police. And again, this is the Mufti. These are top religious. So, so here's, here's what I'm not getting, man. With their attitude and their 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 punishment and 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 torture of gays subjugation of women, hatred of Jews, wherever they are. I'm not an Israeli, yet in the streets, uh, it's death to the Jews is what they're chanting. It's kill them wherever you find right. them. Right, okay, so when you talk about prejudice, women's rights, uh, gay rights, uh, how, how, what do you make of Americans protesting against a democracy of Israel where there is freedom for a people that are just bent on destruction of Jews, uh, suppression and hatred towards homosexuals, and treating women as grown children. How, how do you, how can one drive the two? It's, it's absolutely, again, it's one of the most unbelievable dilemmas of, of modern society that um, that this that this does happen and 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 I'm thinking that what's happened is uh, you know um, they talk about viruses and you know talk about COVID and all the mutations you know it mutates whenever there's something that can well anti-Semitism has you know Europeans uh, have been hating and killing Jews since uh, certainly before, you know, before the Middle Ages 
uh, until uh, until along comes Hitler and does something so bad that for a number of years, it was just not nice to be anti-Semitic. Uh, the world recognized what a horrific, horrific, um, uh, how horrific it was. Um, well, I think what's happened is, I think we've had the mutation. I think it's morphed. And I think that same drive, that same anti-Jewish drive that has been there all of these years is now um, covering itself up by claiming it is anti-Israel, anti-Zionism. But it, in fact, is that same old anti-Semitism, hatred of Jews, kill the Jews. You know, uh, one thing has to be reminded, everybody focuses on the Nazis in Germany, but there were... Uh, there have been books written, I forget the, who the author was, one of them was uh, Hitler's Willing Executioners, which talks about all the different people in, in so many of the countries of Europe uh, that went along with it, that, you know, in, in we know the stories of Jews who after the Holocaust, they Jews who survived the concentration camps went back to their homes in Poland and were, they were massacred by, by the Poles, and yeah, we, we know stories of the, the French uh, deporting them, and we and. So it's it's been there. It's been there in, in, in all of these countries for, for, for centuries. And then for a few, you know, for almost 100 years, uh, not even 70 years, it was, you couldn't do it. And then, but it morphed. And it's now found a way, it's mutated into this vicious anti-Israelism. And that has been packaged as a human rights. Uh, you know, Hitler said, kill the Jews and you, you have to do it for humanity. It, it, it says it in Mein Kampf. When I defend myself against the Jews, I'm doing the work of the Lord. Well, that, that's the Palestinian message too. Um, Hitler also said, if, if I don't defeat the Jews, it'll be the funeral wreath for all humanity. Again, those are the same words that the Palestinians say. I'm doing it for humanity. Hitler said it, the Palestinians are saying it. And now you've got the, 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 these people in the streets of New York and European cities, they're running around saying, we are doing this in self-defense. This is a human rights issue. We are defending the Palestinians. Um, it is the same old anti-Semitism that has uh, mutated into anti-Israel, anti-Jews. And we haven't even talked about Hamas and what they've been saying about, because uh, what people, most people don't get is Hamas is the ruling governance of Gaza. Israel is not in Gaza. And what is Hamas saying? They're, they they don't they could take the gloves off because they are a terrorist organization. Well, uh, they are an open terrorist organization. The Palestinian Authority it, it tries, you know, wears a, a suit and is a terrorist organization. The Palestinian Authority is doing all of these things. They're paying terrorist salaries, promoting terror, uh, telling them that they have to kill Jews wherever they find them. The Palestinian Authority is also a terrorist organization in everything but designation. Uh, Hamas is a terrorist organization in designation as well. The United States, Europe have all designated Hamas, which just shows you how evil Hamas is, how much worse they are. I mean, everything I've told you has been the Palestinian Authority. Uh, so Hamas is even another, another layer. And, and again, the basic difference is one of openness. Hamas says it right into your face. Whereas Abbas, instead of saying it into their face, will apologize, say, oh, no, we didn't really mean it. I'm going to change it. And that's the whole difference. Hamas tells its people in Hamas's charter. Remember, I, I mentioned to you before the, the Hadith. The Hadith that talks about the extermination of Jews as a condition for the end of time. The Islamic resurrection, the Islamic redemption of humanity is conditioned on the, um, the extermination of Jews. Well, Hamas has that in their charter. They have that in their charter. It's a fundamental, 
fundamental message of, of Hamas to its people. And not only do they have it in their charter, but they actually introduce it with the following words. Um, Hamas is looking forward, or Hamas is the Islamic resistance movement. The Islamic resistance, that's the acronym. What Hamas means it's that the Islamic resistance movement is looking forward to fulfill Allah's promise, however long it may take. And then it has this hadith about the extermination of all the Jews. So they're not, it's not just in there as a principle, they are looking forward to fulfilling this as soon as they can, uh, as long as it takes. We're gonna be killing Jews everywhere in the world from, from, from Israel where I live to, to New York where you are to everywhere around the world because this is the condition and we're gonna do it as long as it takes. So it's no and we're looking forward. We're looking forward to it. It's yeah. no surprise that they shot forty-three hundred rockets towards Israeli civilian centers in order to kill as many Israelis, and that they use their children uh, to to uh, to uh, to blo to defend their missiles so Israel would not attack where the missile sites are. Yes, and and the the crazy thing is. Um, the United Nations, uh, European governments, a lot of them called on Israel, uh, condemned Israel for the high casualties of children. And what these leaders of the Western free world don't realize is that by those very statements, condemning Israel for the death of those Palestinian children, they have actually condemned hundreds of more Palestinian children to be killed. Why? Because they have told, with that statement, with those statements, they've told Hamas, your tactic is working. You're putting children in harm's way. They're getting killed. Israel's getting blamed. Do it again next time. So they not only wrongly criticized Israel, but they condemned thousands and thousands of other Palestinian children to have missile sites and rocket launchers built right next to their schools, right next to their homes, because the international community is going to condemn Israel. Uh, these leaders don't know how carefully the Palestinian leadership is listening to them. They take their cues from them and the UN leadership, European Union leadership, uh, anyone in the United States who condemned Israel for death of children has killed more children with those statements. Wow. 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 So how do you see or do you see uh, any resolution of this where one day this would stop? The only way this will stop is if um, the Palestinians uh, who want peace, who, who know that Israel is actually the best neighbor they, they could possibly have, those Palestinians uh, eventually get more power. And the only way that will happen is if the Western world stops funding the Palestinian Authority. Uh, when I met with my Palestinian friend with these Europeans, and they said to him, well, maybe things will change if there's a Palestinian state. And he said, no, 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 please, please don't give these people a state. If you give these people a state, I can never live in that country. It will never be free. Don't, don't give it. So I said, to him, well, what do you want? We need something somehow connected to Israel. From them, we will learn democracy. From them, we will create and develop our own democracy. Don't give us a leadership under the PA. Well, another question they asked him, how many people in the Palestinian Authority know your opinions? And he says, I can't tell you because if I were to express them, I might end up in a Palestinian jail being tortured. Now, and then what he talked about was Palestinian Authority funding, uh, funding of the PA. He said, you must make this regime collapse. You must stop funding them. Uh, at the time, the United States wasn't funding. He, these were Europeans who were there, European members of parliament. He said to them, don't fund them, let them collapse. If they collapse, then we have a chance of a different leadership coming up. But as long as you are supporting this, this organization that is 
abusing us. We Palestinian people, they're abusing us. They're not, they don't care about us. Uh, as long as you keep doing that, we are never going to have a state that we can live in. And that's what the key, the answer is. Everyone's afraid the Palestinian Authority is going to collapse and Hamas is going to come in. It's not true. If the Palestinian Authority is, is, is collapsing, um, Israel knows how to strengthen other forces that really want peace in the Palestinian areas. And there are such forces, and I don't want to even talk about them, um, but there are such forces. Um, and that's what has to happen. There has to be a, a little period of, of, of collapse. There has to be a period of some kind of turmoil, and then a different leadership that looks to Israel as a friend, as a neighbor that doesn't want to demonize every Jew on the face of the earth, that understands that, the, that all the... All the suffering that Palestinians have gone through all these years has been the directly the result of the policies of their leaders who don't care about them. Uh, as Fatah said to their children, "You are just ammunition for us," and, and that's what this per, and that's what the enlightened Palestinian realizes is that his leadership sees him just as ammunition, and and hopefully there'll be some kind of a way that these people can be organized and and make some kind of change uh, in for the benefit of not just Palestinians, but Israelis as well. Well, they're, they're a lot smarter than close to 40% of the Democratic Party in the United States and, and liberals and leftists who are protesting against Israel for the Palestinians. What they're actually doing uh, is a topsy-turvy world. They're going against human rights where they think they're these young university students who I think Bill Maher said, you can't learn history from Instagram and they're getting sound bites. And that's why I think your site is so fantastic. What a resource. Palestinian Media Watch, uh, you have right from the horse's mouth primary sources. You have do a dozen or so translators translating, listening in, posting it every single day. And the world uh, hopefully will start listening. You, you started with four countries, and hopefully um, it'll be more as time goes on. Thank you very much. Thanks and, very much. And how is it possible, just before I let you go, that President Biden and the Democrats want to give 200 plus million dollars in the face of all this evidence, in the face of everything you've mentioned, which is out there. Today, you can't say you don't know. Maybe 25 years ago, before the internet was ubiquitous, uh, maybe it was only military and maybe uh, Secret Service and, and other clandestine organizations knew about, but now it's right out there. Uh, what do you make of that? Uh, <clears throat> what I have found uh, in, in recent years when traveling to foreign countries is that politicians, world leaders, governments have no idea. They could know, but they don't know. Um, and when I sit down with them and in, 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 one, hour, in one hour uh, presentation, 40 minutes, questions, answers, they get enlightened and, and opinions change. And like I said, twice uh, within two weeks, uh, uh, two different countries cut off all funding. They don't know. So they could know, they don't know. They think, they think, they say, why should we listen to what the Palestinians are writing, you know, uh, saying on TV and educational programs? Why should we care what they write in their school books? I can speak to Mahmoud Abbas. He's going to tell me directly. Uh, that's, that's exactly what they think. You know, I want to travel to Ramallah. And I want to meet with them and meet the head of a security service and meet this. Oh, I know what they want. Well, they don't. They don't. They should ignore them and just listen to them through. The, and they don't even have to create a new infrastructure. Just go to our website and, and look at the new stuff we post every day. They'll know exactly what the Palestinian Authority wants. They'll know exactly what they feel. And they'll know how they're probably laughing at the United States behind their back. Okay, we fooled another one. Well, you know, for, for my listeners, for freedom-loving people, uh, I highly suggest you send your congressman, your senator, 
a email and just have the Palestinian Media Watch site. Tell them to watch it because uh, I looked at it. I spent hours on it. And, and the more I watched it, I just was getting sicker to my stomach. It was absolutely horrifying uh, what they're saying, uh, not only towards Israelis, but towards Jews and what they say about America. It is absolutely a travesty. Correct. The, the United States is, is defined by the Palestinian Authority um, as this evil, evil force in the world very often. In fact, a recent translation uh, that we got from an educational framework for children, it talked about the United States and Israel were both created the same way. They both stole other people's land. Uh, so you've got the United States as the biggest donor to the Palestinian Authority since they were created, and they're teaching their children that the United States is as evil as Israel. Of course, evil, Israel is the big devil for all these kids. Well, the United States is just as bad. Well, the United States happens to be their biggest funder. Doesn't matter. This is what they're teaching. This is what they're teaching the kids. Wow. You know, they, 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 they say the dog will never bite the hand that feeds him. The only one that does is the Palestinian Authority. They, they keep biting the hands that feed them. They bite the United States. They attack the United States. They insult the United States. We published last week, they, they published a video of, of people marching, trampling the American flag. This was last week. We just published this. And, and this is at a time that the United States has just announced that they're giving them money. So you trample the American flag. And what happens? Uh, United States pops up more money. So there's a lot of work that has to be done in Washington to understand one, who they should be funding, and two, what's the best for the Palestinian people? Giving right. them money is the worst thing you can do. Giving right. the PA money is the worst thing you can do for the Palestinian people. So, so Itamar, if you care about gays, you care about women, you care about children, you care about prejudice, you need to, you need to just wake up and see what they're actually doing is against all of that and have your congressmen, your senators, state officials, wherever it might be, university professors, really understand what's going on, because if not, we're just going down the wrong path here, which is just going to lead to more death and destruction for the Palestinians and, and for those who are living in Gaza. Absolutely. Absolutely. The uh, Palestinian Authority is the worst thing that ever happened to the Palestinian people. Wow. Itamar Marcus, uh, founder of Palestinian Media Watch, uh, just really great speaking with you, man. You, I, I, as much as I think I know, I realize when speaking with a guy like you, I know nothing. And uh, I'm going to, to put your site down in the description of the podcast. Uh, I think we need to get your site out there. And I remember when I spoke with you, I think it was close to 20 years ago. I think I told you at the time when you told me about this great idea that you have, and I think I told you, go big or go home, something to that effect. Yes, you did. You, you said you got to go from mom and pop store to be a supermarket. <laughs> well, and I'm, and I'm so glad you became Walmart. You became Amazon. You're just absolutely phenomenal. And I just hope... Uh, we speak much more frequently, and I hope to have you on the show again. And uh, God bless you, and keep doing the great, great work that you're doing. Thanks so much, Itamar. Thank you very much, Charles. Great, great touching base with you again. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Charles Mizrahi Show. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, we're glad to have you back. Either way, we'd love to know what you think of the show. Please leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make it easier for others to find the show. You can also see the video of the interview on the Charles Mizrahi Show channel on YouTube.